Good evening, John. Hello, Robert. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doing the uh, important bits. Is that your nip tassels on the yep. floor? <clears throat> Pouring myself a. Uh, what is this? Something from the Marlow Brewery. Oh yeah, I've been there. I went there to a. Uh, yeah. a yeah, I went there to an open night, nice. and um, I don't remember leaving. <laughs> uh, it's a Rebellion Twenty Four Carat Pale Ale. Very good. I'm drinking a my second, and it might mean that I uh, I make less sense than I normally do. Um, this is a Broken Dream Breakfast Stout by the Siren Craft. Has it got sausages in it? That's what I thought. I wondered if it had beans, but um, no, it has coffee and chocolate. Uh-huh. It isn't too coffee and chocolate. It's very very good, but it's very yeah. strong. Uh, it's from my uh, sister-in-law Hannah. Who works for a uh, <clears throat> a TV chef who will go nameless, mm-hmm. and she also works with Oz Clark, and he recommends it. But he recommends only drinking stout above seven percent. I thought you were going to say above a certain altitude. We're <laughs> <laughs> above a certain. You altitude. might have to stand up for this show. Um, <laughs> I see. That's, that's quite that's quite a strong mm. beer, isn't it? C- compared to the Guinness I was drinking last week, which was. I think 2.8. Yeah, what's well, normal Guinness? 4.2 or something, 4.3. I don't think it's very yeah. strong, heavy mm. stuff. Yeah, so welcome to the podcast that is and isn't about design. This is episode 89. 89. Quite a lot now. This? And uh, we've been, I don't know, what have you been doing? Wow. Well, we've, uh, we've launched a new print in your store. That yep. was good. Well, it seems to be going quite well. Pe- people yeah, seem, done people well. seem to like spaceships. More colourful than normal. I just had a new batch of inks, uh, you know, more expensive than filling up your own car. Yes. Uh, Good. uh, £388 for a set of inks. Makes your eyes water. And a couple of rolls of nice, thick Hannah Muller photo. Oh, you've got that on the roll again. Yeah, because I'm printing a lot of A2s Mm. um, and getting flat A2s is just so expensive and also um, wasteful. Yeah. What's the what's the so, meterage on a roll? I think you get twelve meters. Okay, it's it's very thick, so you don't mm. get a lot. I mean, if you think normally, you'd get thirty meters yeah. of normal paper, but um, it's uh, still over. It's one hundred and ten pounds a roll. Yeah, <laughs> expensive business. This printing lock, isn't it? Uh, if you use the best. Even if you use the cheapest, it's only a few quid less. So what's the point? Absolutely. What else have you been up to this week then? I'm very angry, Rob. Is this should this should I make this the rant episode or is every episode a rant episode? <laughs> well, come on, let's let's dip our toe into John's anger. I've hit rock bottom. Oh. Not rock bottom, yeah. But I've hit that a few times. I've just I've had it with clients. <laughs> I've literally had it. I've I've reached the point of no return. I've was very rude to a client this morning. Oh. Uh, not really very rude, but rude in my yeah. my Were sense. You curt? More than curt. I told them that it wasn't their place to be telling me when I'm, uh, when I can be doing jobs if they haven't previously negotiated that time with me. That seems perfectly reasonable. Well, basically they came back to me and said that seems a long time for you to be able to do this. Um, ten days is a very long time. And in fact, it wasn't ten days. It was five working days. <clears throat> and they hadn't given me a date of when they wanted it. So uh, uh, when I sit down at uh, the desk and that's the first thing I go through, it's kind of going to make me cross, yeah. right? 
Absolutely. Um, I don't blame you. I'm not under, I'm not under contract. I'm just minding my own business. You're a gun for hire. Uh, it's, it's one of my, one of the things that's really upset. It's really upset me. It's put me off my entire day, Rob. Yeah. Uh, and, and I get on with this person really well. So um, I've written a list of things that make me really angry. Okay. Should we, we, can I, should we, can I, should we start the show off on this negative point? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm a designer. I'm a freelancer, freelancer, and I have my own agenda clients. I don't work for you a hundred percent of the time. Please respect that. I will negotiate my response times. Don't dictate what those response times should be unless we've come to a a verbal or written agreement. Um, I won't take a job on if I don't have the time for you. I will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's my first one. It's because increasingly, um, from a client point of view, deadlines and expectations are decided even before there's a conversation about what's going to happen and whether I even want to do Mm. the job. Here's another one. Designers are not in control anymore or very rarely. And this is something I've seen increasingly over the last couple of years. Uh, Even if you follow instructions like how to be a designer, um, what's that chap's name? Um, Mike Montero. He says, you know, always present your work face to face. Um, And I say, yeah, but I live in the middle of the countryside. It is impossible. And, you know, from a business perspective, impossible for me always to present to people. Plus, people don't want to be presented to all the time. It is impossible. I have tried this so hard, but it is impossible. Unless you work in a city where you're within 15 minutes or half an hour of your client, it is impossible. Yeah. Even when you get them in the room with you, it is almost impossible to get them to focus on what they are supposed to be focusing on. The other thing is, Clients don't use phones anymore. They stop using phones. They don't call you. Uh, they everything is done on email or WhatsApp. Oh. What's that all about? I know WhatsApp should not mm. be used for work. You know, we yeah. have a, a mutual acquaintance who uh, I think WhatsApp and work is the bane of his life. Um, and uh, yeah, just crazy. You can't. The more channels that are open. You know, you just get bombarded and you can't keep yeah. track of everything and everything just gets out of hand. Well, everything goes through email, right? Yeah. So, but there's this sort of ex- expectation now of an inbuilt instant messaging system mm. where not only should you reply immediately, but you should have also read the entire email, gathered all the data, read it off of what you've expecting from that job, and then uh, respond to them with the fact that you finished that job immediately. I turn my email off uh, when I'm really busy and I'll turn it back on again. And the outrage I get that I'm not running my email lives is insane. It's crazy, isn't it? But uh, I've, I have reached the point of no, no return. The other thing, the ultimate thing at the moment is the expectation of older clients, not necessarily younger clients, mm-hmm. but older clients, that if something doesn't work the way they want it to, that is set in stone – and I'm talking operating systems, user interfaces, anything that is to do with social media yeah. is is pretty much set in stone yeah. now. But they want to break it or they want me to remake it yeah. or remodel it. Can you just make they us something a like bit like God. Facebook? Yeah. No, or why why should that uh that triple line button be a menu? I don't know. It's called a hamburger, everyone uses it. Oh no, but why can't we make it into a different shape, like a cross? Because that's an, in, you know, that's a close yeah. sign. But couldn't we have it so that you, um, you scrolled along to scroll down the screen rather than dragging the, the scroll handles at the oh. side of the screen? 
We can do, but that would be insane. Um, <laughs> it's like, stop fighting the way things yeah. are. You know, you cannot reinvent from the ground up an operating system. Just go with what you've got. Yeah. No? I, I, it, it, yeah. And then at the end of it all is, of course, we don't want to pay for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, no, I've, I have reached the end of my tether. Uh, which was a very long and very patient tether, but I, I've come to the end, Rob. I don't know if I can go on. Uh, I think somebody else was uh, saying this on um, the same thing that we share opinions yeah. with privately, uh, saying, I, I can't do another 15, 20 years yeah. of this SHIT. And I really, I'm really doubting whether I can. I, I've come to that the end. That in itself is not a bad thing, Job. <laughs> do you yeah. think? I, I've got to feed my family, it's Rob. It's fine. Um sprouts you can grow your own bees yeah i don't know being a designer non-highfalutin as Mm. i love to say is really hard really tedious and really unrewarding wow you're not wrong um (laughs) i don't really know how to reply (laughs) maybe just take a a sip of beer yeah I think I will. While while you tell mm. me what else you've been up to, well, all the all the lovely things that you're preparing for your uh, luxury um, <coughs> week week in Faulkner yep. uh, commission. Um, I talked about last week. Uh, it was a space girl, kind of a astro girl commission. Sent a sketch off to the client, and me. I wouldn't say he hated it, but there was nothing about it he liked. Um, <laughs> which, is a, which is a first. So. Uh, he he yeah. kind of came back to me with, with loads of sort of amendments. And I just said, you know, this is not for me. If that's kind of what you want, then, you know, you need to get someone else to do that. And he said, no, 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 I understand completely. How about we just go for a spaceship? So we're doing a spaceship and we're doing it in a different way. So there's three dimensions and perspective, John, in this illustration I'm doing, which is as rare as hen's teeth for me. Um and uh, I took a different approach because I, I don't know SketchUp, so I can't kind of build something to be able to draw it. I'm not so confident with – I know the fundamentals of perspective drawing, but kind of drawing something that's got lots of curves and bits and pieces is problematic. So I decided to take a different approach. So I built the spaceship from things I had lying around on my desk, and I sellotaped it all together – and then I took a photograph of it, and that was my reference for this spaceship. So I made a spaceship out of, uh, what have we got? There's a, a pack of screen wipes, uh, a bottle of screen cleaner, three pencils, a Posca marker pen, a bottle of Tipex, and two travel adapter pugs, plugs. And that is my spaceship one. <laughs> and... Um, I guarantee it's going to look better than it sounds. But uh, I've seen the sketches; it looks that, fantastic. That's my new approach. Um, well, why not? I mean, they you know the great sci-fi things were built out of bits yeah. of liquid uh, Keep bashing, except it's sort of stationary yeah. bashing. I love it. So that's going really well. I've finished inking that now, so I've just kind of got some details in the background to put on it. Really happy with it. Uh, so that was very good. And while I've been doing that, I've been watching series three of The Expanse. Did you watch What's The Expanse? That? No, it's uh, based on a set of sci-fi novels. Uh, and it's kind of hard sci-fi. So this is series 
three. It's, it was started on Netflix. Now it's on Amazon. Um, and uh, the new series is coming out soon, so I'm catching up. Uh, and it's, it's, it really about, it's about... Uh, a lot of people say, when I talk about Asteroid Belt Blues, they say, oh, you're a fan of The Expanse. Except I was kind of doing this before I read The Expanse novels. So it's hard sci-fi. It's all in solar system stuff, and there's kind of Mars versus Earth versus the asteroid belt. Um, and then there's this kind of weird alien kind of thing that uh, everyone in the solar system is fighting over. But it's it's really well done. I've been enjoying the, the science they get right. So kind of spaceships. Have I missed this? I don't know. Uh, spaceships, well, you know, they kind of fly, and then if they want to slow down, they turn around and decelerate right. using their engines. Um, there's lots of stuff that's uh, weightless, except when the ships are under acceleration, in which case they then have kind of simulated gravity. Everyone's walking around in kind of magnetic boots. If someone gets killed in zero G wearing magnetic boots, they just kind of stand there, sort of vaguely swaying. Um, there's loads of really good bits that they get right that, you know, you, you kind of often see things that are really outrageously wrong in science fiction. It kind of takes you out of it a bit. But The Expanse gets that very right, so it's good in that regard. Uh, so that's I've been enjoying that. Uh, read a uh, couple of the comics that we bought on our field trip. So I've finished uh, volume one of The Meta Barons by uh, Jodorowsky and uh, Jimenez. And it was brilliant. <clears throat> Not surprising, really, because it's classic, but it's so weird. I mean, Jodorowsky is weird. You know, the stuff he did with Mobius was kind of crazy weird. And the Meta Baron is a character that was created for the Incal, which Jodorowsky did with Mobius. And these books that uh, he followed it up with are actually a kind of prequel telling the the, the story of the ancestors of the Metabaron that's featured in the Incal. And it's just incredibly weird. Uh, I can't read, very French. There's sexy bits in it, um, nudie bits, uh, weird bits, gory bits. Uh, but I thoroughly recommend it. Uh, and now I'm reading something I've been meaning to read for ages and ages because I keep seeing uh, Greg Tacchini's. Um, artwork on Twitter <clears throat> and it's low and it's uh, by Rick Remender and Greg Tacchini and I bought it for the artwork uh, which is just sublime um, amazing colours too uh, and the story's fantastic uh, by Rick Remender, it's a story that he'd been kind of had in his mind for years and years and years and finally uh, got around to making it with, with Greg uh, and it's just great. It's set in the far future when Earth is sort of inhabitable, uninhabitable, and everyone lives in undersea cities. Uh, and it's very good indeed. So that's good. Uh, what else have we been up to this week? What I haven't been up to this week is live drawing because I completely forgot to go to my class like an idiot. Uh, I remembered at two o'clock in the afternoon uh, when it had been over for an hour. And now I won't get a chance to go until after the holiday. So that annoyed me. Um, and that's about it. 
And then the only other thing I've done recently is uh, I've got together my books for my luxury weekend in Bognor, as you mentioned. Um, do you want to know what books I'm reading? Definitely. So I've gone all out sci-fi. No. Yeah. I normally take a real mix of stuff. I'll probably buy... <clears throat> no, I, no really? I didn't. I remember last oh, year you didn't... You, you took, took sci-fi. bringing up the bodies last year. I always take like a, some weird travel journal. Uh, but it's all sci-fi. So I've got Pandora Star and Judas Unchained by Peter F. Hamilton, which are big, hefty, uh, kind of Tolkien-esque terms. Uh, Elysium Fire by Alastair Reynolds, which is his follow-up to The Prefect. Um, and The Prefect is a, a prequel to his Revelation Space novels. This is a sequel to the prequel of those. <laughs> Uh, I've got Provenance by Anne Leckie, which I think is a standalone Anne Leckie sci-fi novel. So I've read we've both. And do you, I haven't read any. Have you not? Anne oh, I Leckie. thought you had. No. So she no. wrote, uh, what are they called? Searching for them on my thing here. Is there one about where Brazil, is she the writer who wrote about Brazil being the head of? No. The U- no. I haven't read any of her I stuff. I can't remember who that is. This is kind of far future stuff, very, very weird, um, about a sentient spaceship who kind of gets demoted to being back in a human body. Uh, yeah. So she wrote a series called uh, The Raj Empire, I think, and it's Ancillary Justice, Ancillary Sword, and Ancillary Mercy. And they all follow the same cast of characters, and they're oh, just they, lo- they they love writing, don't yeah, they? They do. I mean, that was a course of a few years. I think one of her books is one of the few books that's that won that has won like every major science fiction award. So, like the Hugo, do you, do you recommend her? Then she's great, really, really good yeah. writer. So I'm looking forward to her new one. Uh, then I've got the Girl with All the Gifts by M. R. Carey, who I think is the guy that wrote the. The novels we were talking about last week, the uh, what's the weird medium guy, Caster Felix yeah, Caster, Flick, Caster. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's the guy that. Wrote yeah, that. I, I recognise it's Mike Carey. Yeah, right? but it weirdly it's M R Carey, MR, MR, right? Um, M R James. It, is it more? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, I think it's a zombie thing. It was made into a yeah. film a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and then the last one I've got is Gateway by Frederick Paul. It's a classic bit of sci-fi, which I think I read when I was at school. I brought it from the school library. I don't think I've read it since. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to wading through all of those. Is Frederick Pohl, is his his name being used to name sort of spiralling orbits or something like that? No. No. Don't know. No. Might be. Talking about... I don't know. Quite a lot of science fiction... (laughs) Yeah, they do, don't they? They get they get sort of blessed with uh, yeah, Arthur C. Clarke, Clarke orbit for geostationary orbits and things. Yeah, it was sad to see the um, the rover on Mars. He uh, sent his last missive. It was sad, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. This it was like number five is not. Yeah, he said my battery's getting low and it's it's getting dark. Yeah, nice font. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's amazing the Opportunity rover one of the Spirit and Opportunity kind of twin rovers that went to Mars and it was only supposed to last 90 days and travel less than a kilometre and in yeah. the end it managed uh, 15 years and 45 kilometres or something 42 kilometres well, they can't even build that into a road car no. can they yeah? 
Absolutely astonishing. <laughs> well, Rob, it was my birthday. Is that everything? Yeah, that is me done. I'm just going to talk I'm just about listen to you again. for the rest of the show. Uh, no, it's my birthday it yesterday. It was. Happy birthday uh, again. I got a couple of... Thank you. Try to ignore them. I got a couple of nice little pre- presents that I thought I'd mention. Mm. First one was the Beastie Boys right. book, which, eat in an object, have you seen it in a bookshop? I haven't. Is a, is a hefty tome, yep. uh, beautiful format, great photos. It's really nice uh, feel to the book. It's not too posh. Um, I finished the audiobook about a month okay. ago, which is absolutely brilliant because it's read by all kinds of people uh, from band members to actors to hip hop artists. Oh, cool. It's brilliant. It's a nice way of doing um, that. Yeah. It's got recipes in it. It's got sort of acted <laughs> bits. It's, it, it's as crazy as the Beastie Boys were and as diverse. Are in it? Oh, restaurant um, called the A-Frame in LA. Okay. Um, it's kind of Asian style restaurant, uh, grew up on Beastie Boys. So they made a load of their, a lot of their songs involved food. So they made a load of recipes and he just reads them out. The chef does on, in the chapter. Fair enough. Uh, really recommend the audio book, but the book is a beautiful object and, uh, and I am a large fan of the Beastie Boys. Uh, and the other thing I got from my daughter was a Breville sandwich toaster. Marvelous. It was like it had come from the 70s. They're just, they're just brilliant. Um, it's hardly updated. No. Nope. I think you can now remove the bit so it doesn't turn into some kind of crusty thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't wait. You know, what's, um, can't wait to your, start creating. What's your go-to? Well, uh, it would have to be a cheese and tomato, you know, because of just because of that pleasure pain <clears> principle. <throat> but uh, I, I am, I'm a fan of the cheese and... Um, and just Branston pickles. Cheese and pickles great. Yeah. Cheese and Tabasco is great. Oh, I'm trying. You know, I have, we weren't that sophisticated in the early eighties when I had it. But also, um, a family out with family last night, and the big recommendation was tuna tuna melts. Oh yeah, I which see that working. I don't think we had. Yeah, uh, tuna and onion. Or I remember when I was a kid, I used to have baked bean sandwiches. Yeah, you can put yeah. some beans in there, couldn't you? Yeah. So I'm going to try. I've been making kimchi. I was going to say well. you're going to put some kimchi in it. Yeah, I, I love a bit of kimchi, yep. and we're on we're on diets at the moment. We're meant to be, but it's not going very well this week. But um, bit of kimchi, bit of spice in your life. How do you make kimchi? Make, you ferment cabbage. Yes. So, so I told it to my. I said it to my mum. She just <laughs> just nodded slowly at me. But it is actually delicious. It should be slightly fizzy on. Yeah, your it's amazing. It's kimchi. How do you make it? You uh, shrimp paste, bit of sugar, lots of salt. Um, because you need the salt to kill all the other bacteria mm-hmm. apart from lactic bacteria, I think it is. Yeah, the lactic is the good stuff. Um, and then shrimp paste, obviously, to start that reaction and sugar to start the uh, fermentation and then leave for a couple of weeks. What kind of container is this in? It's in a um, a plastic Tupperware container with um, some warning stickers on. <laughs> <laughs> and is, th- is this in your fridge, your shed? Yeah, it's in okay. the fridge. So, and then what you do is you make a nice soup, like a miso mm-hmm. soup, bit of noodles, bit of raw veg, yeah. and then chuck your chuck your uh, kimchi. I've only ever had it on like a topping and on burgers and things. But just a forkful of it for breakfast. <laughs> what about <laughs> uh, yeah? In a in a in a breville, you're going to go for that? 
I think him. I think it could be the future. Yeah, I look forward to it. Cheese and kimchi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be good. marvelous. I'm going to make it for next week. That it's essentially a pie, isn't it? A breville it sandwich. Is really. I mean, scratch out sandwich, rebrand it. Pie. A pie toaster. Oh, yeah. Now I'm trying to work out if you could put kind of ready roll pastry in a breville. Toaster. You can. It's in the recipe what? book that came with it. Yeah, no. you can make little pies. You can make. Uh, you can make. Well, this might be a problem because they. You can make pasties, and you are. Anti-pasty as a pie. I'm not, although I'm, I'm pro. not anti-pasty. But as a pie, yes. <laughs> uh, well, maybe next week I will... Uh, uh, it says it suggests that you spoon in some tinned <laughs> stewing steak, Lovely. which I think even for me is pushing the boundary. You do that for, of, the, for the next episode. You you make yourself a pasty and a breakfast toaster, <laughs> and I'll have a free bentos pie. Well, you have. Uh, we could do it live from uh, from, from the Maldives. Yeah, I mean Bogner, Bogner. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, other things I've been doing. Um, I've been. Uh, I've read quite a lot of books recently. I read a really horrible one that my wife gave me called Lullaby, mm-hmm. uh, which is a novel. Um, I do like a short novel, translated novel that you can read in like a couple of evenings. Uh, this one is a French book. Um, can't remember who it's by, but it's a, it's a French book about horrible people who have a horrible nanny who kills their, and I put in brackets here, destined to be horrible children. And my, <laughs> my review is it's a horrible wow, book. That seems bleak. Yeah. It's really bleak. Um, she says that it's, uh, the, the author in an interview that I read said that it was, uh, you know, people are feeling empathy towards the nanny who kills two infant children. Um, I felt no empathy for them. No, I'd question the morality uh, of the author with that statement. Well, it's a really strange thing, isn't yeah. it? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, two other things that I'm reading, uh, to my daughter, actually. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I've never no, read. Um, really enjoying yeah. that. And I watched the, we started watching the film, um, which is Tim Burton, I think. Uh, and it no. Is, no. Wes Anderson. It, is it Wes Anderson? Mm. It looks like a Wes Anderson yeah. film. What am I talking about? Um, it's beautiful, beautiful film. Uh, and Wind in the Willows, uh, what amazing language. And what a shame that uh, English uh, is spoken like what I speak. <laughs> 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 because it is exquisite. Yeah. It is beautiful and precise and just makes you want to go and sit in a punt in the middle of the countryside without hearing any yeah. cars. So you'd have to dash your ears out. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, and just to make things even worse, I started Brave New World. And well, it's, uh, it's like a local author for you, isn't it? A local, uh, it is, uh, on the yeah, ridge way. I, I haven't, I haven't, um, read it for, since I was at school. Um, but it, I need to read about the end of the world just so I can get it over and done and with. And then you can read, uh, War of the Worlds. That's set over that way as well, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's, well, it's kind of, yeah, yeah I guess that's working and godling, <clears> isn't it? Whereas Brave New World is Ampshire. Uh, is it? Is it? Isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think I it know. is. I think there's yeah, bits of it. He was Godalming way, wasn't he? It's we went to Compton and I stood on his yeah. grave by accident. Yeah. Sorry, Aldous. <laughs> um, uh, the other, the last thing. Oh, no, yeah, I've been re, I've rebranded as well. What? I've changed my Did name. Did I miss this? I've, uh, it's been massive. <laughs> I've take, I've changed my name from. Jonathan Elliman Design Limited. Right. 
I'm now just Element Design Ooh. Limited. Has this, has this yeah. manifested itself in any shape or form? Uh, just a thing I sent to a client today, but um, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it, it's out there, isn't it? it? Is. It's a re- it's really brave. Are you going to have an animated <laughs> logo? Yes, N- uh, an an animagus. Yes. What would be your animagus? No. <laughs> uh, a slightly a lightly salted slug. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, yeah, just hovering over my shoulder. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, no, I just, all I've done is I've taken the Ellie Press brand with the little full yeah. stop che- element design. Just nice. two things. I just simplified Good plan. it. Yeah. I was sick of looking at the old logo that I did when I started thinking I was some kind of, you know, high flying designer. Oh, come on. And uh, now I'm, no, no, and now I've just gone back to basics. No, nothing. I, I'm adding nothing to my designs. Just pure basics. <laughs> You're doing it all in um, just the uh, kind of raw text and Unicode. <laughs> that would be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? I've only I've only bought these fonts for my business. Uh, I've got OCRA and OCRB. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so I'm only setting your work in that in those in those in those forms. I, th- I think that's how it um, should be. If you want different fonts, go to a different is, designer. All you should, exactly, all you should do is set stuff in whatever Microsoft have put in their operating system because it's all the client wants yeah. to do once they realise how much fonts yeah, cost. Absolutely. So you might as well just set everything in Calibri. Calibri? Calibri. Um, yeah. Oh, God, get you and your stresses. Uh, so my next thing, I can't scroll. What? Uh is oh, I see. oh my uh, it's paper on the iPad is being a bitch right so yeah uh, so I'm stressed have you noticed no <laughs> you seem very calm <laughs> Zen like I was going to ask you if you've been doing any yoga <laughs> I've been getting up really early and trying to do all that kind have of you? stuff but I get so angry <laughs> as soon as I read as I read my emails I think you need to do it before you read your emails I think that's don't try know, doing yoga the, and reading your emails at the same time, you, John. To, uh, to, to start the app of doing my meditation, I have to uh, <sighs> open the thingy and then suddenly all oh, my reminders come in and stress oh, me that's out. Pandora's box. It's, oh, that's my wife on the, on the warpath. Uh, <sighs> well, uh, me. So I haven't, the reason I'm, uh, it also eking this section out is because I haven't got any news and I, all I want to talk about is what I've been watching on telly. Well, let's talk about it then. Because it takes us in so many directions. Uh, I've, I've been watching Russian Doll, which is a new series on Netflix. Yep. And I only started watching it last night, had no idea what it was about and it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely brilliant yep. and it's the best bit of sci-fi I've seen on telly. Um for a long time and it, it takes me uh to the discussion point of what is sci-fi and i was talking about this to my sister-in-law and wife who were watching it with me and was saying that this is total sci-fi because it's basically uh, a time loop mm. so it's like groundhog day which i'd say is sci-fi yep. right it's just it's it's taking something ex temporarily 
out of the present and looping it or setting it into the future or distorting whatever reality mm. it is we live in now. Um, this is about a, um, I think she's a programmer in an agency. Uh, and she's a real rock and roller, um, heavy drug user, um, uh, just an interesting character. And she gets caught in this loop, which is very, very Groundhog Day, but it's far bleaker um, and far more a sort of open world where Groundhog Day was the same thing and he was trapped yep. in a small town by a snowstorm so he couldn't go anywhere. In this one, she can go anywhere she likes, but the problem is she doesn't, fate does not want her to get very far. Um, so we see multiple deaths of the same thing and she's, she's from the first time it happens to her, she, she's aware that it's happening. Um, but I've just got to the point and I'm not going to go any further in the story, but she meets somebody else who, for whom it's, it's, the same thing is happening. Uh-huh. Um, and it is absolutely brilliant. It's, uh, I think it's created by Amy Poehler, who is Parks and Recreation lady. Okay. Uh, have you ever I know her? of her. I don't think I've seen any of her work. She, uh, in the Beastie Boys audiobook, she reads one of the chapters mm-hmm. and it is the one I laughed hardest at. And I rate her massively. And not that my ratings mean anything, but, uh, she is brilliant cool. and it is fantastic. And the point of it, it's one of the bits in it, she, uh, the, the main character goes to see her drug dealer and he's got a new sort of like underground lair that's in just in the back of a horrible bar. And the password to get into it is Jodorowsky's June. <laughs> Marvelous. <laughs> and she went, it's a bit, it's a bit geeky, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and I had no idea what that was. I looked it up and then that took me down a whole, world of stuff that you've been telling me to get into yeah. but i've never have and goes back to what you were talking about earlier the thing that you were yeah. reading um because i started watching the film that is called jodorowsky's yes, Dune, which is, is the documentary about his attempt to to make the film yeah and then that got me into a whole thing of mobius and why i love his art but i don't i don't know anything mm. about him and i'm a total idiot and then it got me into thinking about novels that are all about time traveling. And then that got me into um, the new Dune that's coming out, that's being made by Denny Villeneuve yes. and how unbelievably exciting the cast that is. is nuts. It's, 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 they're not all confirmed, but there's some really good actors. But then if you look at the cast of what was going to be in the original Dune, but then you look at the cast of um, old, what's yeah, his face? Uh, David Lynch's Dune. It's a brilliant She's cast. A, and it's a brilliant I love film. It. I mean, I love it. I want to see it again. Uh, I, I, Yeah, and I was listening to the soundtrack, which is by Toto. Yes. I mean, what was I thinking <laughs> of? But it's also Brian Eno doing yeah. all the plinky-plonky yeah. bits. How have I missed all this Have world? you read June? Yes, uh, but when I was about eight or nine, and I didn't understand a word. Hey, I read it a couple of years ago on holiday and absolutely loved it. Was blown away by it. It was much, much better than I thought. I thought it was going to be much sort of flimsier and more fantasy-like. It's, but yeah, it's quite yeah. grounded. It's you know, it's just a really good paced. Is it a series of books? I well, mean, he wrote June, or is it, se- is, is it a self-contained book? Yeah, June itself is self-contained. It kind of finishes when the the hero kind of ascends to a certain point. Um, but there are many more books 
afterwards. And now Frank Herbert's son is writing books as well. Oh, that Herbert. Um, um, I I um I don't uh, yeah I, I, what I loved about Jodorowsky who I didn't realize was a film director I thought he was a mm. comic book maker because you introduced him to me but uh he um he's a weird chap uh, he said that he'd never read the book <laughs> even though he'd started making the film it was just recommended to him by a friend so he thought that was an excellent wow. idea and he said that anybody who makes films based on the books uh, and and tries to keep stick to the narrative is a madman. And here comes Fair my enough. pie. Oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. My wife has made my pie tonight. I hope there's a photograph of this my pie. Wife. Because it's Valentine's, yeah. isn't it? I hope there's going to be a, a photograph. Yeah. It's, what's it called? Chicken ham tangle pie. A tangle pie. Why is it a tangle pie, Jess? Because, uh, I don't know, it looks like um, icy flows. Okay. You know, where you get all the sort of the messy, uh, it's phyllo pastry on top of a, a stew, basically. Okay. So mm. it immediately gets disqualified. Technically not a pie, John, it's it? a casserole. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely loved the book. I loved Lynch's Dune. I've never seen, and I don't know why, I've never watched the Jodorowsky's Dune um, documentary even though everyone who watches it says it's incredible and it's full of, you know, the most, he was working with just the most amazing um, concept artists. Uh, Chris Foss and Geiger was on it and Mobius. Uh, I think Ron Cobb was doing stuff. Um, you know, so kind of amazing people, all of whom are complete heroes of mine. So I really should watch it. Um, but I haven't yet. Uh, but yeah, about the new one, um, supposedly starring in the next one are uh, Josh Brolin, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Stellan Skarsgård, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista, Zendaya and Charlotte Rampling. Yeah, that would do for yeah, stars, right, isn't it? it? Yeah. Um, I yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I just think it's going to be... Uh exciting to see um the i was trying to think in that film oh yeah apparently um the um the alien film was a lot of the team that were assembled yes together to put that so the kind of the graphic design behind that is not really ridley scott is it well weirdly ridley scott is an incredible artist um, and he sketched out kind of a lot of the ideas that um, became bits in the film. So basically, Geiger was was left in charge of really the the creature and the alien spaceship. Um, and then you had people like Chris Foss and Ron Cobb working on the Nostromo and the refinery. But there's an original refinery sketch by Ridley Scott, and that basically makes it through to screen. Um, so yeah, he's very talented in that respect. Is is Ridley, but but the details. I mean, particularly the. I mean, I think most of it is down to Ron Cobb. The non-alien bits of the alien film, uh, who just did some amazing kind of hard surface design with the Nostromo and interiors and all those incredible sci-fi corridors and the kind of I think I can't remember what they called them, but he's his visual language for kind of like all the warning signs everywhere and 
yeah, amazing stuff. So it'd be interesting to see who they get to work. I've kind of, I keep trying to find out who's working on Villeneuve's um, June, but there's uh, kind of not not much about about it. So, are they doing this on live state, large live state? It's going to start filming in Eastern Europe um, in spring, I think. So I don't know how much of it will be real. I mean, I don't think much of Blade Runner was was filmed with real sets <clears throat> or parts of it were, but you know, there's huge amounts of CGI and green scaring stuff. Um, yeah. Hence, and hence in it, there's a lot of foreshortened uh, depth of field, mm. and, isn't there with uh, fog and yeah. uh, sandstorms st- and stuff, but it, it doesn't suffer. From no. Um, the, that kind of, that, Bit of my searching this afternoon led led me on to a new a new genre. Uh, I, I I was looking at uh, Mobius and Jodorowsky and going back and back and back, and I I found a genre of things as always. My uh, ignorance um, shines <laughs> like bat piss in the dark. Um, wordless novel. Have you ever heard of this no. genre? So um, before graphic mm-hmm. novels. Um, there was a uh, a revival. I guess it was a, a gothic revival kind of thing of uh, of wood um, woodcut kind of uh, what's that chap? Alistair. Oh god, he does stuff for Mr. James, and he's kind of a horror artist mm, that you no, you know. Can't think. No. Um, anyway, sort of just black and white or black on whatever paper yep. they press on, um, and a novel in. Um, I can't even open the thing. So there's a novel called Passionate Journey or um, Mon Livre d'Air is uh, by a Flemish artist called Franz Mazaril. was made in 1919 and it was a story made entirely of prints wow. without any captions whatsoever. It's 167 sort of uh, portrait rectangular Prince, and it looks fabulous, and it's about a, uh, an early twentieth century everyman in a modern city. So it's really sci-fi, and it's really expressionist. Um, and I really want to get hold of a copy. Yeah, it and looks and really look cool. at this. I'm sure there's loads of listeners who know exactly w- what I'm talking about, but I'd never heard of it before. And it and it and it did spawn an entire genre of <clears throat> kind of uh, of of reading books that people loved. Um, which had no words in them at all, yeah. and they were the wordless novel. So um, I kind of we sit in our time bubbles, don't we? Thinking that comics never really existed, but here they're real. They're real works of art. Yeah. Um, can you see any of? Yeah, I'm just looking on the style? Wikipedia thing of the wordless novel. Um, so yeah, that I think you just mentioned looks fab. The uh, Thomas Mann. Uh, there's a quote from him there, and. There's a, the 149th image in that book um, is him astride a load of buildings, just having a whiz into the street. Uh, that's how I feel tonight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fascinating stuff. Weirdly, you know my uh, Asteroid Belt Blues idea for kind of a comic story? Yeah. I've been thinking recently about trying to revive that, and I might try and produce it as a, a little uh, kind of self-published comic. Um, 
and try and get it into some comic shops. But I was thinking I might, rather than do it as a straight comic, I might try and do it as, weirdly, uh, I might try and do it without any words to see if I can tell the story just through pictures. Yeah. Um, which is kind of bizarre that you've brought up these wordless novels. It wouldn't be 169 pages or whatever, but, um, but yeah, so I'm going to try and kind of uh, get back into that and see if I can. Do you know, I think that's a brilliant idea, Rob. And I think that if you can, uh, and I think it's really quite easy for graphic designers to see, well, I, when I saw these kind of mm. things, it brought so many ideas of my, into my head of like, wow, what people like this stuff because I often draw things without any notes or words on them and think, nah, nobody will understand that. But I think people really will. And I think people have always understood sort of iconography without any kind of, uh, any messaging or, or pointers from, you know, when you're designing it, I always say, you know, when I'm designing like icons, as soon as I have to put a word on an icon, it's kind of pointless, yeah. but you know, clients know better than me. So what do I know? But, um, I, I, and I think that there is an art form that is, is, is without words. Uh, I think may you know, let's bring it back, bring back the wordless novel. I mean, they're never really going to say much, are they? In, uh, in asteroid belt blues. They're, they might mumble to the, themselves occasionally. The only problem is there's the the, story, the first story that I've got is about uh, an intercepted radio message, um, which you would think kind of lends itself quite strongly to to words, wouldn't you? But couldn't you just make those words to be meaningless, like rhubarb, rhubarb? Maybe. Um, Maybe. And then, but it doesn't matter, does it, what that message is? No. It's just the fact that the protagonist is going to react to that. Sorry, I have just found it. So the other day I bought some original art from a guy called uh, Gerald Dye in uh, in the States. A beautiful little kind of sci-fi. He's, he's well worth looking up. Gerald Dye. J-E-R-E-L-D-Y-E. On Insta and Twitter. This kind of cool, weird spaceship thing. Uh, and it came, he'd thrown in a little extra of uh, a little comic that he'd made. And it is a wordless little comic. There we yeah. go. And it's really, really lovely. And you, you can understand the story perfectly. Um, so, yes. And was that already in your mind before you started, before you received that today? Yes. It, it, it's, it's fate, isn't the it? The world is weird. Yeah. Right? I must see Exhibition. So perhaps um, when I'm back off my holidays, we can do a little field trip yeah. uh, at Tate, Tate Britain. Oh. Uh, yep. And it's an exhibition of Don McCullen's work. Um, okay. If you don't know, Don McCullen's a, primarily known as like a war photographer, British war photographer. Um, famous for his work in kind of Vietnam and, and stuff in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. So it's a retrospective of his work, but it also includes loads of his work from uh, kind of, he did lots of stuff on recording scenes of British poverty and working class life. Uh, So kind of lots in the northeast of England and and in the east end of London. Like Teddy Boys and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been to one of his uh, maybe 25 25 years ago or whenever, when he had his last sort of, retrospective um and it was one of the it's one of the 
best photographic exhibitions I've ever been yeah. to. It's always stuck in my mind, and he is the total don when it comes to Absolutely. that compressed. I think I think unfortunately now his style is so ubiquitous that um, you know that kind of crunched. Um, where the blacks are super yeah. black and everything's silver halide. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I don't think that was the case. No, I think he created that um, genre, didn't he, himself? Oh, it was so good. And they had his Nikon um, there in a Perspex box that it saved his life um, because he got shot. Oh, wow. uh, a bullet spiralled. I, I think it might have been a ricochet or something yeah. like that, but it smashed into the uh, the viewfinder of his Nikon. And they had that there with, uh, not with a bullet in it, but yeah. um, it was so poignant, you know. Um, and then the rest of the exhibition at the time was all about his landscape photography. And it was at that point that he decided he didn't really want to do war anymore. But he's an extraordinary person. Yeah, I've um, seen a couple of interviews. Uh, yes, I would love to go and see that. Well, let's pencil that one in. My pie has arrived yeah. as well. Oh. It smells good. It's a pie as well, John. It's not a casserole. Uh, what else have we got? Another thing that I want to go see. Do you like the zoo, John? Yeah. Do you like spiders, John? Not massively. No, me neither. But um, I like them close. I'm kind of fascinated by them, but uh, they do tend to spook me out a bit. Uh, at London Zoo, they've got a new exhibit in their kind of uh, insect world bit called In With The Spiders. And there's a, a section of this exhibit where you go into a, an enclosure with spiders. Uh, golden orb web spiders and huntsman spiders. Huntsman spiders are those big ones that they kind of throw at celebrities in Australia. Yeah. Um, yes. So I thought that might be quite um, quite an interesting one to do. Mm. You don't yeah, seem don't, quite as keen on I don't like a huntsman very much. I remember my sisters in Australia, They uh, going to put the bins out was always a, yeah. a huntsman. There was always one on a window. We're quite somewhere. lucky in this country, aren't we? We don't really get yeah. big, scary spiders at all. I don't think they're that. Uh, I don't think they're very hard. No, no. But the the um, uh, the photography on that site is fabulous. Yes. Uh, some really good macro mm. photography there. Um, but they are fascinating creatures, they are. aren't they? There's a- it reminds me of that book that I read recently about spiders. That um, it was a sci-fi. Oh, book. by uh, no, Adrian Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky, <laughs> just so good. Yes, brilliant. Children of yeah. Time. Yeah. Brilliant. So he's got a. Is the sequel to that out now, or is it just coming out? Oh, I don't yeah. know. It's imminent, if not already arrived. So if you haven't read it, it's essentially some spiders on a planet get hit by an accelerating uh, sort of like Star Trek three, yeah. I think it was, where they drop the Genesis bomb device, do, kind yeah. of super evolved, and, uh, don't they? Yeah, and then uh, this spaceship, this other spaceship that zooms past and having dropped it, by the time it turns around and comes back again, it's about several hundred years in the future, uh, maybe thousands of years yeah, actually, and uh, and the spiders have become sentient uh, and rather incredible beings. Yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, talking of spiders that are sentient beings, um, talk to me about talking illustration pricing with Handsome Frank <laughs> Agency. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, <laughs> Handsome Frank. Uh, I can't open this. As an illustration agency, uh, I've done a, a thing called the Price It Is Right campaign, I think, with the Association of Illustrators. Uh, and it's about pricing and commissioning and negotiation. And it's kind of a campaign, really, to, to get people to recognize 
the value of illustration, something we were talking about last week with credit for illustrators as well. Um, and it's just a really, uh, this the interview that I've, I've linked to actually they talk about, but kind of around pricing. I think yeah. because a lot of the time the association of illustrators want to keep a lot of that info to subscribers only or members only. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think I, you know, yeah, I'm all for it. And I think it's a positive move. Like last week we were talking about people who are saying, um, promoting illustrators above writers and kind of stuff, but illustrators and their agencies need to step out from behind mm. the kind of this misty, mystical kind of, uh, uh, reality and actually say, right. If, if Hanson Frank Agency are going to talk illustration prices, talk some prices, like talk about recent commissions that they've done that they know that they're going to get those kind of mm. money for. Because if people don't, if you're to, all you're talking about is, is a, is a relative figure, then people who are starting out start at a very small relative figure, yeah. which might not make their way in the world. And it might take them 10 years to get to the point where they can. Whereas if they start off saying, right, I need to be confident. This is what an average day rate for a one year, you know, a first year illustrator should be making. Then they have something to aim for. Give them that, give them that figure. You know, don't, don't beat around the bush. Designers do it. They, you know, people know what a day rate is. If you want to be brave and go for higher, then fine. But at least give them some kind of something to a tangible exactly. figure. The, all the advice in the world doesn't mean anything. It's just like, right, here's your day rate. This is what your day rate should be at year one. Yep. This is what your day rate should be at year 10. And then you can work it out in between. Mm. It's annoying. It really is because it's all just, it's all just blurb to yep. me. And the AOI should be more canny. Well, they're very canny. They just keep all the cards close to their membership chest, don't they? Yeah, well... Sod yeah. them. Um, draw pictures. You don't need an agency to tell you how to draw. Good point, John. Put that on a T-shirt. Uh, have you got a website of the week, Jonathan? Uh, only this. It's um, it's a funny link, but it's the Martini FAQ. Uh, I wrote here, sometimes all you need after a long day is a stiff one. And none other than Valentine's Day. Perfect. Uh, so the website is... Uh, I, I would say it's www.rd. Wharf. <laughs> yeah. Forward slash users, forward slash mink, forward slash martini FAQ. Don't worry, dot we'll put this on the show notes. All you have to do is search for martini recipe and it is number one in Google. Uh, it is a brilliant text only and just tells you how to make a martini. All the variants, if you want them, just make a martini, get drunk yeah. and go to bed with your loved ones. Right, you are. Talking of loved ones, here's my tangle part. Oh yes. Uh, what's your What's your website? Well, it was Three D Total. That's the Three D Total right. uh, publisher of magazines and books. I've done some work for them, uh, but their website uh, is is great because it's absolutely chock full of tutorials um, for Photoshop, Illustrator, ZBrush, Blender, loads of stuff, and traditional art stuff as well. So I recommend having a browse through 3dturtle.com and looking at their learning section. And what 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 lesson have you done? There? I haven't yet. Ah, you got one Been coming. Researching. Up. It's just a kind of online tutorial stuff, uh, but yeah. it's good stuff. Pie. Right. What have you got? Well, mine's a handmade by my wife. Uh, it's a diet pie. It's only 429 calories per portion. Wow. Sounds quite a lot. Uh, it's a chicken and ham tangle pie which we've already 
disqualified, so I might as well not mark it. But shall I? You should go in taste there and- it and mark it. Okay. Does your wife still listen to the podcast? Okay, so you can be honest then. Oh, she's already crossed to me. Oh, anyway, she- so. mm. How's that going to affect your scoring, John? Scoring of pies mm. or ladies? <laughs> no, of pies. Chicken breast, very dry. Ham, really nice. Sauce. Uh, the topping is phyllo pastry. Get the heck out of my neighbourhood. Uh, it's getting. I'm. Um, uh, it's going to get a five. Five. That's yeah. a brave mark, John, for a pie your wife has made you. That's all I will say on the matter. Uh, good luck with the rest of your Valentine's evening. I'll see you in court. <laughs> uh, I've got um, uh, a moo and blue from Pie Minister. Oh, yeah. had Have you had one of those? Very good. Yeah. yeah. I, I like it. Stilton and steak. Um, so it's a Stilton and steak pie. Uh, very crispy, short crust pastry with kind of a weirdly sort of dusted top. I think that was my complaint, was why mess around with the top of a pie? Mm. It's like a cheesy top, isn't it? Youngsters. That's pretty good. I really mm-hmm. look, You can really taste the Stilton. Um, they are, they are, they make good they do, pies. Don't they? Um, I'll give that a 7.4. Wow. Hello, Ralph. Oh, yeah. Oh, just got a dog in my lap. Okay. Has he got anything to add? No, he's not feeling very well. What's up, Rick? No. Upset Poor little fella. He hasn't been on the pies, has he? Uh, if he had this one. Uh, I'm going to okay. go. Uh, well, that was marvellous. Um, sorry about that. I uh, steamrolled that and ruined that entire Not episode. Not at all. So I hope you go and have a lovely holiday. Yeah, I'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> uh, are you off next week? Uh, next Wednesday, yeah. hope you have a lovely time. And we'll be back in about a month. Yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah. Good to talk to you as right, always, then. John. And yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you soon.